we're just going to get into no. it. Yeah, yeah, Rob. Is there, is there, are there any kind of like points you want to go through? I mean, because I'm ready to go. I mean, if there's some stuff you want to hit. Yeah. So, okay. So we're we're starting. This is it. Hello, everyone. Okay. I'm sorry if you're not into UFO or alien talk, but this is the going to be the entire podcast. So, oh gosh, either turn it off now or embrace it. I don't know what to tell you, but we are going to discuss a few different things basically we're doing this over zoom i have a bunch of man can you hear that can you hear those weird bugs in the background i cannot okay i forget what they're what are those bugs the cedars or what are the cicadas cicadas they're fucking dude they're all over my apartment complex and i just heard one and it seemed to have stopped but i swear if i have to listen to that all night tonight i will have to sleep on my couch um okay so we're going to talk about aliens in general. You, the reason we're doing this podcast is because you don't really believe, or I guess you, oh, fuck. All right. As long as you can't hear it, we'll be fine. But um, is it you don't believe at all? Are you just more convinced? Because when we talked, you seemed to be more on the side of, it's probably just technology we don't know about. That seems more reasonable than wacky aliens from another world so do you not believe in aliens at all oh rob i mean in in the wide universe it is impossible to know what's out there i mean how many billions of planets are there it seems it seems i look the idea that there is absolutely no other life in the universe that doesn't seem possible to me but it even think it would be unknown because we cannot know everywhere what's in the universe so Mm. are aliens possible certainly Certainly aliens are possible. Okay. Who knows? They could even be disguised as cicadas here to keep you from revealing <laughs> their presence on Earth by ruining your podcast yes. by trying to what well, some people would say, probably just trying to get some cicada puss. But really, <laughs> they don't want the attention that you, Rob Petrillo, are getting ready to bring to their whatever the hell that you think they're up to here on the planet Earth. Okay. So, yeah, are aliens possible? Absolutely. Okay. That is a great answer, but you didn't. Do you actually b- believe that aliens have been to planet Earth? No, not at all. Okay, see, that's fun. I like that. I like that you are so certain that it's never happened, and it makes me a. I love it. It makes me a little sad inside because there is a possibility you're correct, and that would be a giant bummer. But I, of course, completely disagree. Um, I also loved the idea that aliens possibly subscribe to my podcast. That would be oh. fantastic. I would love that. Please, guys, leave a review, rate, and subscribe. Um, blurp. <laughs> if somebody leaves a, re- a review that just says bleep blurp, I will be so thrilled. If somebody could do that, please, please, please. Um, Lockdown, what are you doing? I am doing laundry, <laughs> listening to Earthman conjecture with other Earthman. Oh my god. Um now I'm just picturing two aliens in a UFO just hitting play on my podcast. That makes me so happy. There's so many images in my mind right now that I absolutely love. The idea of them leaving a review is my favorite. So fun. <laughs> I love that so much. Okay, so you don't believe aliens have visited us. That's fine. You assume that everything, all these sightings, all these stories, um, it's all just 
advanced technology that we just don't know about, right? That's your theory? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that that's ex- ex- exactly theory. Going back to what I was saying earlier, um, yeah. is that it's impossible to know what is everything in what, what's in the universe. Like we cannot know what's sure. in the grand box of the universe. Also, just what is most likely that aliens from something that's at the closest four yard, four light years away have come here to buzz guys getting stoned in the forest or <laughs> technology that is made by human beings that exists is existence on earth. I guess Rob, what it comes down to is I think we, everyone who's hearing us should first and foremost leave a review on pod, Apple one podcast, whatever it is, the Stitcher thing with bleep blorp as the thing. Cause that's not his <laughs> podcast is going to be called. But Rob, I think you have to sell me onto why aliens you think they have come here because when it comes to the nonstop dunking on you, I'm ready to go. I mean, okay, yeah, yeah convince yeah. me, convince also, me. Also, can someone please Photoshop me and Fitz in the Space Jam movie somehow? <laughs> um, of him, totally. he's he's Michael, and I'm just I don't know some tiny little alien douche. But okay, so. I already kind of disagree with what you said, though, because you make the comment, which a lot of people who have the same feelings you do make is, oh, well, it's just stoner dude in the forest, whatever. When there are highly respected, high level military personnel who are on the record discussing what they see. So it's not just stoner dude who's camping and, you know, was super excited that he didn't forget his gravity bong like there's legitimate people talking about this and it's becoming more and more legitimate what feels like almost every day now i mean the new york times is publishing articles they're posting videos the pentagon on on a regular basis now is confirming these videos now of course it's still in that weird little you know frame of well we just don't know what it is and a lot of times too these crafts or unidentified objects whatever they are they're seen around military bases and military equipment and ships and all that stuff. So of course that just becomes a concern to the military and the government in general. So I get that, but again, it could be sure. I think some of it probably is people possibly spying on us. And then we kind of discuss the, the issue of, you know, well, Again, if they are showing up in the middle of the forest, like what are the, there's nothing to spy on in the middle of the forest. So why would these government Chinese, you know, whatever country is is producing these things? Why are they showing up in the middle of the forest? You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, I, I think what we got to do, Rob, is we got to set some definitional stuff down here. I mean, sure. UFO. Let's just let's just do hot takes with, with Rob Petrillo. <laughs> yeah. OK, ready? Yeah. What is the first word that comes to mind when I say the word UFO? I mean, I go with aliens. And, and that's exactly it. Yeah. When someone says UFO to me, the first thing I think too is aliens because I grew up in America. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, we've been, we've been immersed in science fiction our whole lives. But then someone says, okay, what's your second take? My second take is literally unidentified flying object. You know, it's like yeah. I we there's all sorts of stuff that people see all the time. And I don't just mean, you know, to sort of do the the dismissive. Oh, it was a stoner in the woods because stoners in the woods. Let's face it. They see the best shit all the fucking time. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> I mean, like a stoner will come out of the woods, you know, sunburnt with no shoe and just tell you that it was like, fuck, like, man, I want to be sunburnt with no shoe. Yeah, like they have the like totally. But 
when we think about like what a UFO is or what are they, what does the military actually call them? Uh, UFEs, unidentified flying something. It, or it's like a AFOs or something, aerial something yeah. forever. But yeah, they have a, a more specific term for them. But as a couple of civilians who are definitely closer to being stunners in the woods versus actual people involved in avionics, yes. yeah, UFO is easiest for, easier for it to go to. Totally. So when I hear about a UFO, I, I don't think alien. I think yeah. liter I mean, literally something that a, someone was not able to identify. An example, um, talking about when you and I were talking about UFOs at work the other day, uh, a listener had said to me, yeah, they say you they see UFOs down at Sky Harbor all the time. And the reason that they're unidentified is because they were 12 miles off going 300 miles an hour. And just like, what was that? I don't know, but we have to mark it down. Who yeah. knows what they saw? It's unidentified. The difference between you and I is, is that I'm like, well, there's probably a much more mundane, but, you know, technologically cool answer where you're like, no, they're here to get in our b-holes to plant probes. <laughs> I don't know. And, and of course, yeah, there is a lot of these stories that come out of people being abducted. And, and I don't know if I necessarily subscribe to the abduction stories that can be difficult sometimes, but I don't completely rule it out either. I think that it absolutely could be something that's happening as well. Um, there's some pretty incredible stories that, we don't even have time to get into, but okay. So also I could, I could just go on forever about one, go. how Pick I one, feel. Go. Well, hold on, hold on. Uh, how I feel about all these different things. Sure. And I feel like we did that. And I still want to, to, to discuss some of my opinions and hear some more of yours, but I, it, it uh, generally comes down to, I really, <laughs> I think that maybe, I, again, I do realize that some of it probably is military stuff for sure, but there are a lot of other things that we just, that can't, I can only explain so much. So I have a few different audio clips that I'm going to play for you of different people speaking, some interviews. <clears throat> There's a little bit of Joe Rogan in here. So if he like triggers, <laughs> if he like triggers you or whatever, I get it. I'll try and skip past him talking. It's, it's mostly his guests speaking. Cause the one thing about Rogan, you know, besides the fact that he likes to tell his 10 million weekly listeners to not get vaccines is he does, he does discuss a lot of UFO alien type stuff. And he has the credibility to get some incredible people on his podcast to speak about it. Um, like I mentioned, Bob Lazar, you didn't really know who Bob Lazar was. He's a very interesting person. I have a clip of him speaking that I want you to listen to and get your opinion on that. Mm -hmm. um, there's another reporter out of Nevada who's been he, he started as just a regular, you know, news anchor reporter. He eventually was contacted by Bob Lazar. His name's George Knapp. And he sort of got sucked into this world and became one of well, he's a world renowned UFO reporter now. He's absolutely incredible. Um, I have a I have some I have a Joe Rogan clip of, of him speaking. That's really interesting. Um. And then we also talked about that, that situation in Zimbabwe. If you don't know about that, we'll get to all of that. And I actually have some audio um, that was released from the 1980s, um, military audio from when supposedly a few different guys are, they're literally witnessing a UFO. So I've got some fun stuff. I want your opinion on it. I want some of this to sort of speak for me because mm -hmm. it kind of just gets a lot more detailed than my in the woods stoner brain. 
can get. And I, I just think, again, you're just you're not watching the videos I'm watching. You need to see what I'm seeing. And I think it could help a little. So let's get to I'm, it. I'm going to try and figure this out. I've never done this before and I didn't practice today. So I think I got to share my screen with you. I think that's the first thing I got to do. Um, so let's try and do that. Naver spent 18 years yeah. as a naval aviator and pilot. In 2004, yes. he had an unforgettable right encounter with an aircraft he said was defying the laws of physics. Former Commander Fravor joins us tonight. Thanks all for coming on tonight. Um, t tell us, tell us what you saw. Well, we were on a, uh, we had launched on a routine training mission. Uh, when we joined up, we were told that the event was going to be canceled, and that we have real-world tasking, and we were sent out to the west. Now, take in mind that this has taken place about 100 miles southwest of San Diego, between San Diego and Ensenada, Mexico. Yeah. Uh, on a clear, perfect day, blue waters. We get out to the spot where they tell us it's Put at. It on pause. Um, we start looking. Yeah. A uh, hundred miles southwest of San Diego, on the way down to Ensenada. Yeah. Dude, it's a pinata. Duh. I mean, come on. <laughs> it, okay, a really fast <laughs> pinata. Hey, you know what? Somebody filled a pinata with gasoline and lit that bitch on fire, and it was just flying all over the place. Okay, so I I am I am very familiar with this story because okay, um, you know anything happens in near my hometown, I'm like, did you know I grew up in San Diego? So <laughs> I, I do I do know the story of the Tic Tac. So okay. Rob, tell me why you imagine that this thing had to be an alien. Okay, well let him explain a little bit more, and we'll get there. It's we only got okay. three minutes. Just let, and this is for people who do, who have never heard this stuff before either. So oh, oh sure yeah totally. Just bear with me here. Okay. Looking around, and both of us, both airplanes, see a disturbance in the water and a white forty foot long tic tac tic tac shaped object just hovering above the water, going forward, back, left, right. There's no rotor wash. There's no wings. Nothing. So as we. Okay, so right there, already, pretty, kind of weird, right? Uh, this guy was saying he saw something off the water that was not kicking uh, rotor wash. Yes, that's different from a helicopter. Okay, thank you. All right. We drive around in a clockwise flow. Not we get to about the 9 o'clock position, and I said, well, I'm going to go down and check it out, and the other jet is going to stay high. So as we go down, at, when we get to the 12 o'clock position, it starts to mirror us. So it's in a clockwise flow, and it's on the opposite side of the circle from us. And we continue this. It's in a climb. We're in a descent. We're getting a great look at it. This whole thing takes about probably up to five minutes from the time we show up. I get over to the 8 o'clock position. It's at about the 2 o'clock position. And I decide I'm going to go and see what it is. And it's about 2,000 feet below me. And I cut across the circle. And as I get within about a half mile of it, it rapidly accelerates to the south in about two seconds and disappears. What, what would you estimate the speed? Oh, well above supersonic. It it like a bullet out of a gun it took off okay so let's just touch on that because again the speed he's describing is what we assume no one has the capability of doing and sure you could say well maybe they do and we just don't know it yet but i'm pretty sure they had, no one's figured out how to make things disappear okay Bob, do, you, do you do you know how fast the bullet goes out of a gun i understand that but a 40-foot-long floating whatever ship 
that has no visible, uh, you know, proof of any sort of propulsion or, or that seems a little fishy, does it not? Uh, certainly a Navy pilot trained to fly aircraft uh, was, in, was in a great position to observe this as he was yeah. flying around. And he saw, and he did, he saw something that he did not know what it was. And then it blew up. It was truly an unidentified flying object. You're really rushing over the, it flew off. It fucking disappeared, dude. It went at a, it went at a speed that it seemed like it disappeared. (laughs) He didn't say it disappeared. He said it flew off. And, and the thing is, is that he didn't know what he saw where I, I just can't make the jump. Rob is where you're like, Oh, it had to have been aliens. Think of the technological advances that has happened in the span of the life of a hundred-year-old human being, right? A hundred-year-old sure. human being. From before Kitty Hawk and the Wright brothers to the landing on Mars, that's all shit that happened in their lifetime. The idea that advances in drone technology have not made leaps and bounds beyond what you and I could possibly understand as just consumers, that seems way more likely to me than uh, aliens from another star buzzing buzzing navy pilots off of san diego the where it falls apart rob is that you're like this has to be aliens i will pause i will pause i will posit your question to me in another another way rob tell me why it's not a ghost all right look we're because we're not talking about ghosts we're talking about aliens and okay Okay, i take it back tell me tell me why it's not a demon Because because ghosts and because ghosts and demons have a much broader belief base than ufos it's yeah, unknowable but, i'm but just saying yeah there aren't almost daily there aren't people almost daily witnessing demons and ghosts this kind have, of stuff you, is happening all the time dude people are seeing demons and ghosts every damn day <laughs> demons and ghosts every damn day all right hold on every let's day just, people, there's okay. two minutes left let's let's, let's just get let's finish go. this So from what you know about aerodynamics, mechanics, physics, uh, should this be possible, what you saw? Not with the technology that we have today. Not not at all. Even now, even 13 years later, is there anything that you know of capable of this kind of behavior? No, there's nothing I know of. I mean, this when you look, when we saw the, the video with the IR, it has no exhaust, uh, it, you know, no, no discernible things of anything, form of propulsion. And this thing came from a dead hover over the water, just kind of moving around to a climb up to about 12,000 feet to rapidly accelerating away in a climb. And in less than two seconds, it was gone. And you figure you're talking 50 miles of visibility and you can easily see an object that size easily out to 10 miles and it just disappeared in seconds. Could, I mean, what would be the effects? See, and he, I know you keep going, I keep going back to this, but the thing disappeared, dude. He Nobody, said two. He said two seconds. I understand that, two but seconds. dude, two that's seconds. Different. Two seconds is that's it. Me saying two seconds is two seconds. That's one, very quick. Okay, so one, two. That's two seconds, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and like at, you said too, you could still visibly see things ten miles out. So that thing, what went o- over ten miles in two seconds? Dude, okay, it's exactly, and that's it's weird you bring that up, Rob, because that's exactly where I was going with that. Yeah, one, two, two seconds, right? So yeah. at six hundred miles an hour, 
How much ground are you covering in one second? I don't know. Well, get out your little calculator and figure it out because then you'll <laughs> see why it's not so strange. Dude, they're okay. All right. All right. Let's just. No, no, seriously. Do, I, mean, I mean, brother, do the math on that. And then I'll explain to you why, while that is truly an error, uh, 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 a feat from a physics standpoint, but when we figure out if something's going 600 miles an hour, and this guy is also moving at about 400 miles an hour, how much ground can someone cover in, in two know, seconds? We don't if they're going- know that it's going 600 miles an hour. We, we're just assuming this. We don't know. But for well, something to essentially disappear that quickly, again, it's it's I lean more towards aliens. <laughs> I just don't know what to tell you. 600 that, miles an hour. All right, you do your math. Let's finish this. Yeah, it means it's going 10 miles. forces involved. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so at 600 miles an hour, it means he's going 10 miles a minute. Okay. Okay. Quarter mile a second. I, I, I know I'm doing it wrong, but <laughs> we're like, not smart enough to figure this out. No, no I, here's the thing. I, I can figure this out. What I'm saying is that for, for something that thing that keeps the things that keeps planes from being incredibly agile, right. Is not the technology in them. It's that the human pilots will pass out and be destroyed by the G forces. If, if they're able to move around in the way that engineers can make them go. So this pilot, who clearly was, finally, was was flying a plane designed to have human beings survive the flight experience in, he saw something that, that was not bound by biology, something that could, from a hover, shoot straight up and then move away in a way that it seemed in, in two seconds it was out of, out of sight, right? Okay, that he was not able to see it. Now it's like, well, what I have not seen in this tic, in this Tic Tac video ever, I've never, I, unless it comes up later, I've never seen the part where it disappears. Is that in this video? It's um, if it's not in this video, I could find you the video where that does happen. Where it just where it just seems like it's just, it just like it's there, and then you just it, it retreats out into the distance. Because I kind of remember yeah. the the real villain in this whole hoax being the dude from Blink One Eighty Two, who by the way is also from my hometown. He is so balls deep in this shit, he just throws an incredible amount of money. Well, at he's this, he, the, the 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 company he started to the stars is in the background of this video because yeah, they're the ones and, that broke and produced this. Yeah. And so it's like this guy, you know, he's the pop punk dude from Poway. He is obsessed <laughs> okay, with the idea that, of it being aliens. He might be a little strange and have this obsession. Doesn't doesn't do anything to the to the the uh, the video itself. And I mean, the fact it, it's not like Tom DeLonge was like, I found this video. You guys should watch it. it a, 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 an air an air an Air Force pilot filmed this and witnessed this and took it to his superiors in the air force. And that's where the video comes from. It didn't just Tom DeLong didn't find it. Right. Right. And Tom, Tom, Tom DeLong did not find it. You know, he wasn't the, the guy flying the F 18. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't doing any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Tom DeLong is the one who insists that it has to be extra extraterrestrial in nature because yeah. that guy he just is all into this kind of stuff. I see way more reasons why it is human technology than it is aliens. All right. We're, we're really, one more minute. Let's just get okay. this one out of the way. Let's do it. that altitude change. Uh, well, the altitude wouldn't be bad. It would be the acceleration of the object. That's what it, right. Um, 
the well I, honestly I wanted to fly it <laughs> yeah but, I bet. Uh, uh, you know there's you know talking to some physicists they don't think the human body could handle that kind of force with yeah it doesn't it doesn't it sound can't. it doesn't like the human body Sure. And that's when we can go into, okay, well, that doesn't mean there had to be something in it. it like you said, it could just be a drone. There's, you know, mm -hmm. you know, Kyle back at, you know, whatever fort base is, you know, got the, the sticks in his hand and, uh, you know, he's operating the thing. That's fine. We don't need to argue that. Body yep. could. So bottom line, what do you think this was? I believe, as do the other folks that were on the flight that we, when we visually saw it, that it was something not from this world. When uh, presumably you expressed that belief to your superiors, what did they say? Actually, we, we caught a lot of grief getting back to the boat, uh, it, and it got passed off as an event that no one could explain. Now, keep in mind, they had been tracking these for two weeks prior to us seeing it, and this was the first time that manned airplanes had been airborne uh, when the objects appeared. This feels like a really big story to me. I, I'm not, it's not exactly clear why... All right. Well, we don't need to listen to Tucker because fuck that guy. But yeah, seriously, fuck that guy. <laughs> when you start with Tucker Carlson, I'm like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, who we'll who knows that. where that's gonna go? We'll end that one there. But again, I just like to 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 show you something like that because first of all, it's the person who witnessed it talking, mm -hmm. and I just think it's interesting that his feeling, who this guy who's probably been flying for forty years, most of his life. He sees the thing. What are you shaking? What are you shaking your head at? Is forty say, years too much? Yeah, it would be a lot. It'd be hey, you know what? A, a, a truly remarkable career if he flew for forty years in the military. Well, in the military, I'm not saying just in the military. I mean, he could have grown up flying aircrafts, flying flying planes, and then joined the air. It's for okay for thirty years. I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. That's fine. I just think it's interesting that somebody who's extremely familiar with all things flying and in the military he he assumes that and what he sees and how it, it, it acted he goes to it's it, it, it's his feeling was that it's not from this earth i just yeah. think there's some value in that certainly you know and and where he saw that that uh, that aircraft is he saw an international water international waters close enough to a giant uh, military facility on the West Coast after it had been tracked for two weeks. And I'll take the man at his word. If they had been tracking it for two weeks, they'd seen it appear on radar. They'd heard no one was an area. It makes sense that the Navy would send people out there to see it, to see if they get eyes on confirmation of whatever it is they saw out there. So sure. where, it, where it falls apart is, did, was the Navy able to detect it for two weeks? Absolutely. And thought that I have a look at it. Yup, did they get footage? completely and what they probably saw was a piece of drone technology from one of america's near peer uh military adversaries we're talking about countries like like china like india uh you know um other sort of uh adversarial states you might want to say russia but from my understanding is that where a lot of the great sort of weapon technology hypersonic stuff is being made is not in russia it's it's in china and and in india and certainly certainly china so navy knows that something's flying around out there off off the coast they send some guys up there and they get footage you're like also bleep blorp if you've yet to review my podcast on on apple Podcasts, why do you hate me do i have to be another guy on the internet talking about a serial killer to get your love bleep blorp <laughs> oh by the way no, no, nothing serial killer related but if you're 
listening to this and you also listened to our episode of Obsessed with Death, that podcast is coming back. I booked my first guest and uh, well, you were my first guest, but I, I've I've, yes. bu- I've booked my first guest for the return. Uh, hopefully that'll be coming out next week. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that and listen to the episode that me and Fitz did because um, it's by far the most popular thing I've ever done. It blew, <laughs> it, the numbers blew away any um, years of podcasts that I've done. So clearly this is the direction I'll be going in. Um, and th- this UFO stuff is just for fun. So, okay. The next thing is Bob Lazar. You seemed relatively unfamiliar with Lazar when I mentioned him. Yep. Okay. So this clip here that we're going to listen to again, if Rokin fucks you up, uh, he doesn't talk much in this, so you'll be fine. But, um, this is, here's the thing. There's, where's the thing with Joe Rogan with me Yeah. is that, uh, I don't take Joe Rogan very seriously because it's Joe Rogan. Sure. What I've discovered discovered recently is people who like Joe Rogan really fucking like Joe Rogan. It's like it like that guy's like a religion to people. And I'm like, he's he's like he's Oprah for dudes. He he's he's goop he's goop for bros. I mean, it's like I, I can't take the guy very seriously because I don't think Joe Rogan takes himself very seriously, but man, people take Joe Rogan. He's uh no, I totally agree, man. Um yeah, he got into yeah, he got into all this trouble because he basically said if you're like a young, healthy 21-year-old, you don't need the vaccine or whatever. Yeah. And sure, if 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 you're getting your medical advice from the Joe Rogan podcast, there's <laughs> right. there's there's bigger issues that we right. that we have uh, or that uh, we you should be concerned about if if that's where you're going for medical advice. So that's just and then he even, of course, since he's owned by Spotify now, basically, yep. he, on a recent episode, he immediately got on there and was like, guys, look, I and he's like, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm an idiot. I say stupid shit all the time. I'm I'm a fucking dude who commentates on cage fighting. Like th- that was exactly what he said. Like, don't take. And I'm not defending Joe Rogan. Well, it doesn't matter. Either way, he, he's an interesting dude. He clearly has created something that's. I mean, fucking Fauci made a comment about Joe Rogan. Okay, which can, is hilarious. can you imagine? Like, here's the shitty part about being Anthony Fauci, is yeah. that when anyone who's even a little bit famous says something about COVID, someone goes in the Fauci's office and says, Dr. Fauci, you have to put on your tie and clarify a statement. Like, fuck, I'm trying to work. I know. Anytime it, yeah, he's just like, and they're fucking, you know, I don't know. He's Maybe he's on, maybe he's on Bumble. I don't know. He's just fucking <laughs> I in hope, his office. I hope Fauci is getting so much pussy. Is he married? Yeah, he should, yeah, at this point, it doesn't matter. It's like, he's just in there fucking doing anything other than thinking about what Joe Rogan is saying. Okay. So- yeah, no. someone runs into the office and goes, Dr. Fauci, Joe Rogan said something. And he's like, <laughs> the chimpanzee battle ropes guy? Who gives a fuck? The no, idea. no, no. He said something. Was it about DMT? Who gives a shit? <laughs> a chimpanzee will pull your balls off. That's all you got to know about Joe Rogan. You have to. The, the TV uh, crew's coming. The I'll idea. put my tie on. Fuck. <laughs> you know, he just, it just sucks. The idea of somebody in a lab coat having to say the name Joe Rogan is so funny to me. Oh, dude, I, I'm right there with you. Like this guy has got fucking, you know, goggles on and, and, and extremely dangerous chemicals in his hands. And he's got to fucking say the Joe Rogan experience. Like it's just <laughs> the way the world we live in is so fucking weird. Dude, um, I love it. I love it. Also, so let's hear- um, do you think... I- 
do you think the, the next thing is obviously Fauci listening and watching an episode of the Joe Rogan podcast, which is equally funny to me. Um, but okay, Ooh, <laughs> Rogan's ridiculous. The world is ridiculous. I hope Fauci's on Bumble. But uh, yeah. let's let's listen to uh, this. It's it's five minutes. We'll pot, we'll get whatever. But this is Bob Lazar explaining his story. There's a there's a great Netflix produced documentary that also goes way deeper into it. This is of course just a five minute snippet, but this is to give Fitz some more background and uh, for you guys listening as well. If you don't know about Bob Lazar, Joe Rogan experience. I first heard your story decades ago. I've, uh, I told you last night when we went out to dinner, I've seen pretty much every interview you've ever given. I've followed the story incredibly closely. But for people who don't know the story, let's give them the bullet points. You used to work at Area 51. And Area 51, you, God, you, you went like, huh? Well, you know, we want to be accurate. Okay. Area S4. S4, okay. It's about 15 miles south of Area 51. Okay. But. Um, you worked in what would you – how would you describe it? Uh, I, I guess within the Area 51 compound – you can call that a subset of Area 51. And you got that job. Before that, you were working? Before that, I had worked at Los Alamos right. National Labs in New Mexico. And you were involved in what kind of work? There? Nuclear weapon development, physics. I mean, that's they, they do everything there. So how do they approach you to say, hey, Bob, why don't you come on out to the Nevada desert? Well, the way this went down was... Um, at that time, it was 1982, I um, had put uh, a jet engine in my, my Honda, and Los Alamos put it on the front page of the paper. He said, you know, uh, Los Alamos man, physicist at the lab, you know, built this 200-mile-an-hour, you know, Honda jet car that I, I drove to work every day. <laughs> okay, so already right there, the guy is building this incredible vehicle he clearly has the the capabilities to to work on some pretty complicated stuff uh Fitz according is... to him he does okay <laughs> great answer so uh so i was i was known in los alamos the guy with the weird car and the, you know. but it was it was in a paper like someone did a story on it they saw it like he drove it around town so i mean someone didn't build it and then he just started driving it around he, he probably built it yeah, I, I'm actually reading a, a, an article about... Bob's Why are you head. reading an article about... I want you to listen to what I'm playing you. Stop oh, reading. Okay. I will stop I will stop reading about the subject okay. you want me to pay attention to. Okay. You know, you could hear it from, you know, a mile away. Anyway, the day that came out on the front page of the paper was the day Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, was giving a lecture down there at the lab and we didn't have much going on that day in our group and i asked if i could go down there and um i went down there early and ed teller was outside leaning on a brick wall there and reading the front page of the paper now this is a guy out of history so i introduced myself hey i'm the guy you're reading about there and we talked for a little while and it was cool 
uh, you know, fast forward to years later, I had moved out to Las Vegas and had, you know, left Los Alamos and, you know, went on to other things. And I wanted to get back into the scientific community. You know, I left to start other businesses and, and that sort of thing. So I sent resumes out and one of them went out to Ed Teller and referenced <laughs> our meeting, you know, back, at, back in that, the day. And uh, anyway, here hey, we dude who invented the hydrogen bomb, the Teller Ulam process. You, you know what the, the Teller Ulam process is? No, it's, it's not. It's, it is, it, the two second version of it is, is that it's what makes a hydrogen bomb a hydrogen bomb. Yeah. So Mr. Lazar says he wrote to the Teller part of Teller Ulam. He goes, hey, you remember my Volkswagen? Can I have a job? <laughs> okay. Right. Probably. Okay. His, his resume was probably a little more stacked than that, but sure. Right. I get what yeah. you're saying. It's like, okay. Hold on. Remembered me and gave me a reference, somebody to contact at EGNG. And that's pretty much how it started. So you get a phone call or a letter? Like, what do you get? Well, I got a, what did I get? I got a letter initially and um, went down for an interview probably a couple times, and it was down at uh, EG&G Special Projects, which was um, at McCarran Airport at that time out in Las Vegas. And did they give you any sort of job description, of what you were applying for? Um, they said it was for, ad I can't remember exactly what they did. This was a long time ago, but I, I think it was um, advanced propulsion or something like that, something relatively generic. And they said, it's in a remote area. Um, you know, it's going to be some days on, some days off. And, um, you know, it was kind of a, it, it was kind of uh, not exactly a full-time job, but you might have to be out there for two weeks at a time and take two weeks off. So it was kind of a, the work schedule would be kind of broken up. And did this seem attractive to you or did it seem weird? How no, it? it really wasn't weird because people that work at the test site, anybody that's familiar with the area up there, um, you know, working at the nuclear test site uh, or at the Tonopah test range north of there. Uh, that's on, typically how things go. So you had known. Yeah. What am I supposed to be pulling out of this? Oh, he's explaining how he started working at Area 51. Right. So what, that's he, not what interesting? he basically said. Well, no, I mean, Rob, it's, it's an extraordinarily interesting tale. Okay. And the thing that's standing out to me is that a man who talked to Teller of Teller Ulam, the guy who invented the thermonuclear weapon, met him at the airport for an interview for a part-time job at a top secret military facility. Well, okay. no, he, he, he met him at his school. No, he said he that they went, he, went down, he went down to a place at the airport or, or some facility at the airport to discuss having a part-time job at in the 80s so while ronald reagan was president you know <laughs> okay an extraordinarily esoteric part of the government i mean look this guy's life experience is whatever this guy's life experience is but as you know after someone who did even the least amount of wikiing about bob lazar is that no one who worked for any of the places he said he worked for, any of the schools he went to, knows who this guy is. No one says that he, he worked there. Now, which is more likely? Okay, but you're, the top, you're the top secret people would keep their secrets top. 
Oh, that? What, what part am I explaining wrong? You're saying that no, first of all, they're not going there and every single person who worked there is saying, we don't know who Bob Lazar is. They were going back and looking through for his records and his records weren't showing up in some of these places that he said he worked. But yep. sure, one way you could go, all right, so this guy has been completely lying about everything since the 80s to legitimate investigated, investigative journalists who could clearly figure out if he was lying since it's been 40 years that he's been telling this story. Or yeah. it could be the government just completely erasing him from these different organizations because people like you go, oh, well, he's probably just lying about where he went to school from. He's probably lying about every aspect of his life when that clearly seems to me way more unrealistic than the government just wiping out his his records. What if if the point was to keep the advanced technology that these purported aliens existed secret, right? And you had a dude who was running around blabbing about it, why not just have him arrested on drug charges? Because it's the 80s and Ronald Reagan is president <laughs> and Nancy's telling people just to say no. If this guy was, if he knew anything that was a threat to anybody, somehow, oh, it'd be like the Godfather when the, uh, when the senator woke up in, with the dead hooker and, you know, and... And, and Tom Hagen goes in there, Senator, don't worry about it. Only thing we have left is our friendship. You fucking unperson the guy. No one goes through all the efforts to leave such a giant loose end, particularly if he is so knowledgeable about something that is so important to keep uh, to keep quiet. I mean, think about it. Yeah, but this. dude, it's just it's just one guy talking. And if you do watch the documentary, yeah, they they do harass him. He has been arrested. Um, they've they've had warrants. And they've, you know, torn apart um, businesses th that he's had and and different studios that he worked in. And um, he's he was constantly harassed. Um, and, and then again, there's 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 a lot of people who. So, OK, so basically the what happened with Lazar is he eventually is asked to no longer work at this Area 51 or whatever you want to call it because they find out that his wife is cheating on him. Apparently, from what I've heard through different interviews, I guess, they monitor, they start, as soon as you start working for an agency like this, they start monitoring every part of your life, one of them being your phones. So they're, they got his phone tapped and they start hearing his wife calling another guy. She's clearly cheating on him with some other dude, whatever, and has this other relationship. And they go, well, we can't have some guy who's, who could snap or, you know, he's clearly got these issues at home. We don't want to be involved with him. So that's sort of how he explains the relationship ending. But before all of that, when he had access to you know, these these fly logs that he talks about where he he knows the exact times that they're taking these aircrafts out into the desert and trying to learn how to fly them and test them and all this stuff. He gets like five of his friends that he trusts and he goes, hey, look, I'm not supposed to tell anybody this, you know, but this is what I'm doing and I'll prove it. And he gets all of his buddies 
They figure they get a camera. Of course, this is in the 80s, so quality is fucking terrible. But they get a camera and they get a crew together. They jump in a fucking Winnebago and they drive as close as they possibly can to this area at a certain time where he says, you're going to see these things flying in the sky that you whatever. So does it there's video of it that you could watch. Um, They've George Knapp, who is an incredible journalist um, that you should research as well. I think you'd actually like him. He's probably the most level headed of all of them, although he does talk about some crazy stuff but whatever. But he interviews all these different people, some who aren't even friends with him anymore, whatever their situation, their relationship is. But they all have the same story. And there is video from those trips that they took from these these cameras that where they filmed these objects flying and it's pretty wild stuff dude the documentary is 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 worth watching okay so so 1982 was 39 years ago yeah okay so some guys at night using video technology yeah from 40 years ago filmed something in the desert yeah yeah but alleges alleges a dude with no corroborating evidence he had there's you could watch the videos they made okay i'm sure that those videos (laughs) contain something they certainly contain something what i'm saying rob is that bob lazar by all verifiable accounts is one of two things and that's really what it comes down to the split between you and i about aliens he is either a completely unreliable narrator a completely unreliable narrator and the and the facts that he cannot corroborate any of these things, MIT's never heard of him. The Department of Defense has never heard of him. The Department of Energy's never heard of him. You know, Joe Rogan's heard of him. Okay, he's got that in his category. He's got that in his thing. All of these sort of like things one would use to take a stranger at their words does not exist for Bob Lazar. So either he is someone who did not go to MIT or he is the one man who has been so ostracized by the U.S. government because he knows too much that they managed to not catch in a in a in like the simplest fucking dude police raid. All like, you're doing is go- cr- all you're doing is googling the negative. You probably googled why is Bob Lazar a liar or why why shouldn't I believe Bob Lazar? I didn't There's have to. So I just many- put his name in, and all this stuff came up. Okay, sure. There's so <laughs> many. There's so many other things about him that I I I've, I think we talked about a little bit, but he was talking about an element that wasn't on the periodic table that wasn't even discovered yet years before it became a legitimate element. Like he was talking about this stuff that no, nobody knew about. He was just, he, okay. He was just, he was describing um, the way the, 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 the protection the the security to enter these buildings that he worked in he described a machine that would measure the size of the bones in your hand he was talking about this in the 80s this machine that would measure the 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 length and the width of your bones and that's how they would identify you as a person and then lo and behold years and years later all of this information photos of these machines come out and the government admits to the fact that they do it, indeed use these machines on very high profile, very limited access areas in the government. So, you know, look, again, 
some records go missing. I, I, I can't imagine how easy it is for the government to just make shit like that disappear. I would assume it's very, very simple. But there's a lot of things that he has said and produced and talked about 30 years ago that have all come true and no one else was talking about it. Well, you know, uh, there are a series of television commercials from the late 80s, from the late 80s and early 90s that projected and they didn't get everything right, but they got a lot of the things right. The idea that we would pay our bills from the computer. There's a whole that's so a, different than what I'm talking about. No, it's not though. There's a whole mm-hmm. branch of of human thinking where they call call themselves futurists, where they project out what they think the future would be like. And the only ones we ever hear about were the ones that ended up being right. Okay. So Bob Lazar, basically what he says is, Oh yeah, they x-ray your hands so, so they know that's you. Okay. That's not what he said. He described it in great detail. Machines that measured the length of your bones. It wasn't an x-ray. It okay, was so, way different than that. So so something that would, would, would basically would look at the whole print of your hand, right? Sure. That's what he described. So he said, oh, how do you get into this place? Uh, it's like a super thumb. It's like a super fingerprint, but it's your whole hand and it measures your bones. There's nothing substantive there that any fantasist could come up with. Rob, I guess. Okay, but guy, now you're giving Bob Lazar all this credit when you you didn't even think, you thought he was lying about the car he made. Now he's this this person who could just come up with these incredibly detailed examples of certain things in the government that nobody had spoken about. And then all of everything, he, um, um, I don't want to say everything, but all of these certain things that, that he mentioned are are true. I mean, did, you're giving this guy no credit and then you're, you're saying he's a prophet. No, I'm, I'm certainly. Oh boy, certainly. That's that's your <laughs> that's your characterization, not mine. Okay. You know, All right. I'm well, let's just the, the things we'll... that the things that existed in science fiction when this guy was creating this fantastic tale. A hand scanner, uh, bro. 1982. That's what in between Star. That's in between uh, Empire Strikes Back and Jedi. In science fiction, <laughs> there were a whole lot of ideas of hand scanners. I mean, there's nothing truly novel right. about what this guy's saying i disagree but that's the whole point of this okay. goddamn thing all right so uh we don't need to we're I, I mean i don't know how long we how long ago we started we're probably getting close to an hour and i don't want to i want you to enjoy your evening here i know you were oh hard... believe me i the dunking on you nonstop has been the <laughs> highlight of my week because all right, it comes so down to this rob let's yeah, just let's, it, let's, it, let's, let's do one more i have like four more but we're it's it's gonna take forever and i we don't need to get into all this I'll briefly mention the other ones just at the end if anybody listening wants to check out what you what I wasn't able to play. But this is probably my favorite one um, because it's audio from the military. Um, it's a few different gentlemen who are currently in this moment witnessing something unexplainable and we're going to listen to a little clip of it here. The only video that I was able to find, there's a, there's a couple of different ones going around online, but the, the, the one that I found that, that I felt would play the best on the podcast is narrated. It's like an animation video, and it's narrated by this really good guy. Um, so don't get confused. There is a bit of a narration where he's kind of explaining what I just tried to explain, and then it will cut to, I skipped ahead a little bit here, it will cut to the actual audio. And you'll know when that is. So let's let's listen to this really quick because this is pretty interesting to me. Let's do it. 
first-class John Burroughs thus drive into the forest alone. It's not long before they spot a bright shining light coming through the trees. They attempt to follow it with their vehicle but are unable to due to the difficult terrain and are forced to proceed on foot. As they move closer to the mysterious light though, the radios begin to malfunction, so Sergeant Penniston orders Airman Cabasang to remain by the vehicle where the radios are unaffected so he can relay back to central security control if need be. The two airmen notice that animals on a nearby farm seem to be in a highly agitated state, further setting the men on edge as they continue forward through the thick brush. Radio comms, even back to Cabasang barely a hundred meters away, completely fail and Sergeant Penniston orders Airman Burroughs to head back to the tree line so he can maintain a radio link back to Cabasang. Burroughs, however, is so afraid that he refuses to leave Sergeant Penniston's company, and the two continue on together. Now just 50 meters away, the men get a look at the source of the light. It's a metallic object, glowing brightly and causing the air to be charged with electricity. The men's hairs start to stand on end as they approach even closer, making out more details of the luminous object. Despite the light, the skin of the craft seems to be black and metallic and is triangular in shape, measuring 3 meters in width and 2 in height, roughly the size of a tank. White light seems to be a mid- Um, I, I think it's 1982? Okay, so, so 82 when this thing happened. Okay. I don't know exactly, but yes, it is, it is early 80s, I believe. Okay. ...from both the top and bottom, with flashing blue and red lights along the side of it. Sergeant Penniston uses a camera he's brought with him to snap photos of the object and notices that there seems to be no seams, rivets, or other signs of manufactured origin. It's as if the entire craft was made out of one solid piece of metal, touching- Now really quickly, when Bob Lazar speaks on the different ships that he worked on that he saw in Area 51, he describes them exactly like that. Mm -hmm. This This weird- you know material it's all one piece it doesn't seem like anything's was put together in in different pieces all just one big chunk of alien ufos all right go ahead yep the object with his hand he's surprised to find it warm and as he slides his hand along the smooth metal discovers a series of raised symbols etched along the left side as he moves his hand along the symbols though something incredible happens the craft emits a blinding white light, causing the men to stumble backwards. Sergeant Penniston is so afraid the craft is going to explode that he ducks for cover behind a thick oak tree. Suddenly, the craft is completely engulfed in white light and lifts up off the ground, quickly shooting through the trees and up into the night sky. The men immediately report back to base and are told they have misidentified some natural phenomenon. Penniston, however, has kept detailed notes of the entire encounter in his logbook, which he presents at the debriefing. The men are told simply to forget what they think they saw. The photos taken are confiscated and never seen again. Base Deputy Commander Colonel Charles Hald hears about the UFO when he returns to the base the following morning. He orders Airman Cabasang to report to his office and debriefs him personally, but with no further evidence, the case remains a curiosity and nothing more, until just 24 hours later. Colonel Halt is at a party attended by both British and American officers when he receives a call. The UFO is back. Halt wastes no time and immediately leaves the party assembling a patrol to investigate the sighted craft once more and hopefully debunk it. Upon entering the forest, Halt and his men discover that other patrols have already arrived, but are experiencing difficulties with the electronics in their patrol vehicles and their radios. Nobody has seen the exact whereabouts of the craft, however, so Halt takes his team toward the original landing location from two nights ago. As they arrive, they spot a glowing red object moving through the forest ahead of them. Halt, who is carrying a mini tape recorder, begins making notes as he observes the craft. All right, hold on. We got a, we got an ad here. 
<laughs> Give me one. They got they really got to tease it. want the job they're after. Hold on. At As they arrive, they spot a This is this is going to be the actual audio now coming up right here. Glowing red object moving through the forest ahead of them. Paul, who is carrying a mini tape recorder, begins making notes as he observes the craft. As the men investigate the light in the distance, they notice that the farm animals nearby, which had been going crazy, seemed to have quieted down, as if something was terrifying them into silence. Undaunted, the men push on and run straight into a flashing red light directly ahead of them. The first night bird we've seen, we're about 150 or 200 yards from the site. Everything else is just deathly calm. There is no doubt about it, there's some type of strange flashing red light ahead. There's yellow. I saw a yellow tinge in it too. Weird. The men spot the light moving slowly toward them and incredibly splitting off what appears to be chunks of molten metal as the light moves. Undaunted, the American airmen move toward the light again. Colonel Halt and his men move toward the light, and to conserve tape, the colonel stops recording. The men push through the woods and cross a small creek, when incredibly, they spot not one, but multiple lights. As the men watch, they suddenly spot numerous lights, almost as if they've been lured into the midst of their own personal light show. Have you ever once in your entire life listened to military, military comms chatter? Mm, no, probably just not besides like stuff I've seen on the news. Okay. And this isn't chatter. This is, well, I mean, this is them just recording their conversations while they're all together. This isn't one radio to another. This is, he pulls out a recorder and records it. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, hey, if, if you think this is, this is a thing. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Hey, I, may, I may have dropped out for a second. Am I back with you? No, you're good. I, you, you never dropped out. Okay. Um, you know, Rob, it's a little bit like the idea of faith. 
<laughs> okay, but hold uh, on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Now, if this was other governments' technology in the 80s, wouldn't we know about this by now? Okay, and nothing well, has ever been described like this anywhere, probably well, since. Mm. Well, when I asked you earlier, like, what year was this allegedly had happened? You're like sometime in the early 80s. Yeah. So the F-117 stealth fighter first flew in 1983. That's when the stealth okay. fighter first flew. They figure it may have been completed around 1981. And if you were to see it, have you ever seen a stealth fighter in person? No. It looks like a giant black seamless piece of metal. I mean, the idea that that these guys okay, saw... but if you got up if you got up close to it though, you could probably tell that it's more than one piece of metal. At that point, they were kind touching my, it. Okay, well, the, uh, allegedly, what I'm saying is that <laughs> when when you okay, like, so I you, see now. See, once you, once I give you some real legitimate stuff, now he oh starts God, throwing right. around allegedly. No, I'm just telling you, it's like as someone who's seen what these things look like or or any sort of like, have you ever actually been next to a fighter plane? I mean, been next, been next to a fighter plane. I mean, I've seen some stuff. I think I y went to like N. Have you been next to a fighter jet? I went to the Scottsdale Air Base or whatever thing. Mm -hmm. So not I haven't been next to a fighter jet, I, I don't think. Okay. But I've, well, I've been around some things. I'm sure I'm sure you have. Uh, let me let me describe to you what what a, what a fighter jet looks like. Up close. What does a fighter jet have to do with the fact that there are red glowing beams okay. of energy in the middle of bumfuck wherever? And right. th there's there's black holes in the center and, and there there's multiple of them and they're flying all over the place. And are you not listening to these guys freaking the fuck out? No, I here's the thing is I am yeah. listening to these guys perform their their audio drama i mean <laughs> you're I'm such a dick I'm, I'm certainly listening to these guys as they put on their version of war of the worlds i'm wow. sure a housewife in new jersey is going to fall over dead or or any second a very talented radio host in arizona is going to get a beep from his his iphone telling him to take a breath i can tell you're getting worked <laughs> up you're my, like my, motherfucker my, it is good we are on zoom because i'd be strangling you right now my, uh, Rob, uh, Yes. All of these things, all these things you're bringing to me, dude, I, I, I love listening to this kind of stuff, but what it does not reach is my personal criterion for belief. You're asking me to take a leap when I have much more mundane. I mean, frankly, less fun answers. What do these guys see? Well, they don't. I mean, listen to these guys talk. Imagine what you're asking me to believe. These guys who don't sound like military men at all under any circumstance are giving a fantastical description of something they alleged to have seen in the woods. Where's the proof? Where's the this? Where's that? Who knows what they said? Dude, you would not believe the bullshit guys who I personally know have been in Iraq and Afghanistan or Korea or, in, or deployed even in Germany, never were throughout the years. The bullshit these guys have to do to make their own fun because it's really when their jobs are really quite boring and let, until they are way too fucking exciting. The idea that this is could, could, could be a prank seems very obvious to me. The thing that if I had to pick between the two, because is it aliens or is it some dudes having a fucking joke? Seems like having a joke is way more 
likely to me. Could it have been aliens? Sure. It also could have been ghosts. It could have been demons. It could have been blip blog going, this is why I'm not going to review this podcast on Apple iTunes. I mean, <laughs> it's just, there's not enough in these recordings and all of these things and all of these people for me to believe that it's truly intervention from another star, given that it just seems like a bunch of bullshitters bullshitting. And so then this sort of this circular logic of like, it's almost like multi-level marketing, how everyone tells everyone how everyone's making all this money and then no one's actually making money. Certainly all these guys reference each other constantly in their work. Don't you know that Bob Lazar said so-and-so was blah, blah, blah. Oh, here's some guys from the 80s who made a recording of them. What basically is coming under fire because they were being pelted by whatever the fuck this was, coming under fire and being like, so it's at 11 degrees past the blah, blah, blah. They, no, one it was, fuck, it, no they said fucking the, mall cops don't even talk like that. The, the, okay. I don't think you have the expertise to, to, to make any sort of comment on how they're speaking to each other, especially if what they're witnessing is true. There's no way to know how somebody would react in that type of situation. And I, I these guys are all working on a military base. I understand there's there's some you got some free time or whatever, but <laughs> I just can't. And this is the second day. This this is what we're listening to is is what happened 24 hours after they they first witnessed all of this stuff. So unless they're just fucking spending hours in the in the <laughs> middle of the forest with a tape recorder, like we're gonna really prank some fucking idiots 40 years from now on YouTube. I just that seems as ridiculous to me as it is for me to think that it's aliens. Okay, so so dude, when this thing was recorded, 1982, we'll say 1982, yeah. that means that it was, uh, I wanna say, four years after Close Encounters of the Third Kind came out, <laughs> right? I mean, just in, okay. in that time yeah. frame, in yeah. that time frame. So the idea is that some guys Decided to be like, oh, we're going to have our own version of Close Encounters. I mean, dude, all of the cultural currency was fucking there. They didn't have to think anything. Steven Spielberg painted them a giant picture of it featuring the dude from Jaws as the dad. I mean, there's... I love that all of your reasoning is basically like, look, every single person you've talked about, every situation, they're all the most creative people in the world. They all can come up with oh, these God. lies. They no, all no, can... No can Not come up with people in the world guys have been selling all the these people life. this was this weird credit that i don't understand as a way of that you're using th th that's your logic is that oh well they were clearly in the middle of the woods recreating making their own movie i mean of, okay. of course they were that that's your characterization i'm saying that some extraordinarily creative people steven spielberg and gene roddenberry close encounters and star trek vine made some stuff that was widely available that fleshed out an American belief in science fiction that has existed since the 20s. The idea of, of spaceships and futurism since the 20s. And some guys were like, yeah, now's my chance. And ultimately, dude, people will do anything to make money. And do you think that Bob Lazar, who did not go to MIT- and Bob Lazar not, has made no zero money. He has made nothing off of that. He's not starving. I mean, he's managed to make a living- Yeah, because he's a fucking- MIT graduate. The guy has a fucking not career. To MIT, not according to MIT, he's not. <laughs> Bob Lazar has made zero dollars off of. He's never. He's never taken money for interviews. He doesn't go tour the fucking world or the country talking about this. He doesn't do. Okay. He, there's one reporter that I'm he gonna spoke buy to. You a, for, I'm going to. I'm going to buy you from Bob Lazar himself. I'm going to buy you a Bob Lazar T-shirt, and I'm going to do it right now. I guarantee you, it's not him selling it. Okay. 
And okay, and if it is, so what if he fucking has a t-shirt? But dude, again, he's not like this fucking, you know, cult leading. I worked at Area Fifty One. He, dude. I mean, that's you exactly what he is. You wouldn't even know who he was. You would have no idea who Bob Lazar was, unless I told you about him. But whatever. That's true. I don't. Know, I don't know every cult on Earth. I just don't. He's I mean, not I a, a cult. Cults. He's an interesting I... man who worked at Area Fifty One. But. Okay, look, the, uh, I'm. Thank you for doing this. I feel like we've done it. We we're over an hour at this point. You, you feel like you're like my head's gonna explode. My, I'm surprised my watch hasn't told me to take a breath yet. But I do appreciate it. I know we we completely disagree on all these things, but it's still fun to 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 listen to, and and I hope people listening got a kick out of it or are gonna c- continue to research. Um, some of these stories. The one thing we didn't get to that I did want to talk about, but it's not the end of the world, is uh, this story in Zimbabwe um, from 1994, where about 60, 30 to 60 children were out playing at, at recess, and they all saw um, what they described as a UFO and aliens, and the, these, these aliens legitimately came out of the ship and and telepathically spoke to these children it's a wild story um absolutely insane um there's a documentary that i told you to watch that i don't think you'll ever watch but it's it's really good called the phenomenon um that you could watch wherever rent it check it out um but yeah that that's a really interesting story if you're if you're somehow still listening to this (laughs) uh check that do some research on that it's super interesting Rob, can um, I ask you two? Can I ask you you two questions? Two yeah. questions. Rob, why do you want it to be aliens? Every 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 interest in 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 human existence comes from a basic want for something. Why do you want aliens to be here? Well, Not I just they are. I I want no, them no. to be real. Okay, why? I want the idea that there is this other thing that has the ability to come to this i it's it's just really interesting to me i mean dude come on when when it ha- and it's going to happen when it happens and they go look we've got fucking ufo's they're we don't know and and again you you should go listen to the to, to more of bob lazar speak because he talks about these things that he worked on it's wild stuff but i just think it would be uh, top five greatest moments in the world's history. Like if, if we legitimately could prove and, and show and the existence of aliens and UFO, it's just, it would just be completely insane. What a it thing to be. be a part of. Absolutely. It absolutely would be, it would be like, I mean, to prove that there's intelligent life out there in the universe. I mean, God, who wouldn't want to be part of that? Yeah. And yet Rob, this, you are so, invested in the idea that aliens will come to the planet earth that i saw you turn beat red when i'm like eh, <laughs> bullshit and i'm asking you this is oh well my, dude i mean i think why are you that, so invested in it it's just it's something that's that's always interested me i've oh i've since a kid man i've i've absolutely loved it it's just i don't know it's just one of those things why do you like what you like i, I like the idea of ufos i like the idea of just aliens in general i like that there's all this mystery behind it um so so the mystery of it oh well for sure mystery is a big part of it absolutely but i i like 
and I, I mean, I don't necessarily like believing in things that, you know, because there's a lot, I, I believe in a lot of weird shit. Like UFOs mm-hmm. is probably not the weirdest thing I believe in. Um, so I don't know, man. It's just, it's very interesting to me. I, 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 I just love, you know, hearing different stories and, 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 and these, some of these documentaries are just super interesting. And I don't know. I just like it. The, the thing that is sort of reoccurring when I talk to people about the idea of, of UFOs, UFOs yeah. meaning aliens, because yeah. UFOs certainly exist. People don't see, people think they see stuff all the time. But yeah. the idea of aliens is there's an idea out there that aliens exist and they're going to come to Earth and they're going to take me to someplace else. Do you believe that? I don't know if I, I mean, there are a lot of strange abduction type stories, but there are some really, really, interesting um you know what's uh, i mean i th- i think there's a there's probably more bullshit out there than truth but i definitely believe that yeah that's something that for sure happens you know because i realize that we've we've been shooting the the shit about this for an hour but mostly our talks have been about technology we've talked about technology now, here's all the technological issues here's all the technology how could something do this how could something do that what is so-and-so's academic bona fides? But it's like what we, I don't think what we really have talked about, which is the interesting part, which is the part of like, why, why so much? Because Rob, I, I'm interested in swords. I am, I'm deeply interested in swords. I read yeah. a lot about swords. I buy way too many swords when I'm high. I'm like the sword <laughs> weirdo. I mean, I am, I'm a sword weirdo. I, I just I don't realize that my chance of ending up on the local news, that, you know, statistically, it goes up one and a half percent for every sword you have in your house. I mean, like the chances of anyone who has a house of just being on the yeah. news, like, oh, my house caught on fire is about 3% at any given day. For every yeah. sword you have in your house, it goes up one and a half percent. At one point I had six dozen swords in my house. <laughs> I, I don't know how I didn't end up on the fucking news, man. I, I so, mean, that's very impressive. Dude, and, and not even counting the daggers. So I guess sure. like the idea that when you say, Oh, I'm interested in this. Rob, you're interested in pizza. Rob, uh, you know, I I might be interested in books, but there is something deeply emotionally appealing to the idea of of life out there that might come to the planet. Is it spiritual? Is it escape? I I mean, I think it's more, I think it's more of, I just love anything. I don't even know how to explain it. I I think it's, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with, it's just it's just out of the norm like it's just it's again we go back to like it's mysterious so i i i love like the 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 mystery behind it but it's just there's nothing else like it you know it's just the idea of something that's obviously yes i get i get the 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 idea that it's like oh it's interesting because it, it, it's proof that there's more than just like us and whatever. But I look at it more in the sense of like, well, I want to know where these things came from, like what they could tell us, what they could do. Like, well, it, it would just open up a, this in, insane door that would lead to so many other questions and ideas and, and, you know, possibilities. It's just, it's, it's like, it's, it feels like it's a never ending topic for me. Like there's just, always it could just lead to something else and and i don't know it 
there i don't i just love it i don't know it's hard to 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 put into a a simple um a simple way to explain there's just a lot to it it seems like you know the the idea of of aliens coming to earth the the idea of 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 existence outside of, of of our of our planet it captivates you because it feels like it would be such a game changer to all the rules of human life. Totally. All the rules of human life. So, I mean, it's like- And human life is fucking boring, dude. Like, (laughs) I mean, compared to the the stuff that I'm I'm reading about and watching, fuck yeah, it is. I'm not saying that like, no, I look, the the, the planet we live, there's plenty that's incredible. But if if you want to really, you know, the the- with all the possibilities out there, you know, me watching Netflix on my couch is not that fucking cool mm-hmm. as the possibility that I could fucking be hanging out with some dude from another planet. I, I do, mean, I the, totally the idea get... that we're on Mars right now, flying fucking helicopters and, and, Fuck, and, so and cool. dude, it's, that's f- phenomenal. I absolutely love that. And I pay very close attention to that stuff too. It's not all just fucking aliens and, and flying saucers. Like I do also focus on other aspects of, you know, outer space and, and whatever, you know, but that's just also a part of it. And then, like I said, like, I mean, I think that there's legitimate fucking people on this earth that aren't from this earth that live here. I think that, I think, there's shit going on at the bottom of the ocean that we don't fucking know about. I think there's a lot of, I, you know, my theories, they get a little, they get a little weird. And, you know, but the, the common th- thread, at least from where I'm here in my, in my closet with my cat is uh, the common thread. Just a man with things. his sword and his cat in his closet. <laughs> totally. I love it. Um, the common thread. Do, Does do the cat have you- a sword? I'm sorry. Uh, it, Does the, the dagger it, counts, okay. I guess. If the cat had a fucking sword, dude, I'd be like, help me, help me. The cat's got a sword. I just uh, well, I thought maybe you got like a little holster for it that like straps on its back or something. I don't know. Man, dude, it, I can only say thank fucking Christ that the cats cannot actually dual wield. <laughs> you know, like if they could get like a sword one hand and a dagger, I'd be like, all right, it was, it was bad enough. You already had little daggers on your hands to begin with. And now you can true. actually magnify that. It seems to me like the the thing that, like the emotional appeal to the idea of aliens, the emotional appeal of this whole thing is that it represents in many ways a way to reset the understanding of man's role on earth. You know, because we are, we've been, we're reduced to this point where really is, you know, I'm going to Netflix and chill with me and my cat. I mean, so like the, the banality of all of our lives as we lead them, and sometimes they are very grinding, that could be basically upset by the idea of aliens coming to Earth. And I will oh, say why dude. aliens coming to Earth, one of my favorite aliens coming to Earth movies is um, starred Mandy Patinkin. And it was called, uh, oh shit, I'm spacing the name. I'm spacing the name of it right now. I, I don't know it. Oh my God. Let's see if I can look it up real quick. I do agree though with what you're saying and the fact that the idea of that announcement on TV or, you know, wherever, like the guy who's pumping gas and the TV at the gas station turns on and the guy's fucking making the announcement that we have an alien captured or whatever that announcement would be the idea of that happening. I mean, that's 
that's like the payoff that I, I mean, I can't imagine how I would feel if that, if I was alive when that happened. Yeah. Because a lot of the things that we've been stuck with our whole, our whole lives would just be up upended forever. I mean, like the idea that, uh, uh, all these rules we've been told about how the world works, about how you, you know the earth works, about how politics work, about how religion works, is would just be upended because you know it'd be like, okay, well, we certainly got to think differently about how how the hierarchies on earth work because now there is life out in the universe. And the movie I was I'm thinking about is like one of my favorite uh, aliens on earth movies is a movie called Alien Nation. It's called Alien Nation. It starred a guy named uh, Mandy Patinkin, and and basically what happens is that aliens land on earth and there's aliens here and ultimately it changes the way life works not a whit not a bit you know there are certainly like different ways of uh, like there's a pretty funny joke about condoms where the cop unrolls a condom and keeps unrolling it and keeps unrolling it and keeps unrolling it <laughs> and keeps unrolling it and he goes and and this fits I mean, he just got the idea that sure. aliens are, are packing more heat than a fucking supernova, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, it seems like you're, you're, you're interested in aliens. This is the part that I, I would agree with you. Like, it is fascinating, the idea that we could encounter alien, a sentient race out there that could reset everything we know about Earth. It could reset everything we know about Earth. Like, so if the Navy pilot seeing the Tic Tac is the first harbinger of a basic change to how humans have known what hum the the reality of our earth since the fucking ice age who wouldn't be excited by that i mean i get it i mean i, so I get where you're going get over here join my team just admit that the, all of those videos i've sent you are probably real and they're probably aliens it's way more fun over here and i can say that while i understand where you're coming from father's earth's full of shit it was a drone <laughs> come You're on crazy dude i'm telling you i mean i get the appeal then you know it's like i as like i'm all okay yeah sure dude. i mean yeah it would be it would be great if there was something could come down here and do a big old flushola on all the bullshit that we've had to deal with since the ice age but yeah. it's not going to be aliens you know what rob it's going to have to be us buddy we're going to have to be the change we're so fucked. you join me <laughs> eh? fuck eh? no um <laughs> yeah. uh i wish i could just fucking make you take three hours and watch two different documentaries that I, I feel would change nothing, but I just want <laughs> you to watch them. <laughs> I brought, it's like, Hey man, I, I I'm happy to, to watch most, most anything uh, because our lives are very much Netflix and do nothing. Yeah. But like the, the thing that where we get, where we, we even, we got bogged down in this even a little bit earlier is we're talking about like, here's all the scientific reasons be unknowable as possible when ultimately we're talking about a philosophical question for whatever sort of thing, there's always going to be like, this is why it's real fits. This is why it's not where the only thing that reason anybody really cares about it is what does it mean to human beings? What does it mean to human beings? Sure. And the idea and the idea that aliens mean something to people, I get that. But when you ask me, what did those guys see off the coast of California? They yeah. saw a piece of technology they did not understand. And there's no reason for me to believe it was from outside of the solar system. Well, look, that's fair. And I respect that. And no, you don't. no of course, <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of the stuff that people see probably is that, but 
I also feel like a lot of it probably isn't. And maybe we'll never know what a bummer life will be if I if I'm on my deathbed and it's it's still, you know, the fucking Tic Tac video and that's all we ever got. I'll fucking kill myself on my deathbed if that's what's happening. But luckily, I probably have another 20 years left in me at least. So hopefully in another 20 years, we'll get some good news. Um, Really? Go ahead. What were you going to say? I say and plus, I just love the idea of of. Grothnar and Bleep Blorp up there going, <laughs> listen, to me, listen to that asshole talking about the human spirit and what the we'll fuck. S- We're going to put them all in salt mines. I do love the idea of them coming down here and being like, Rob, thank you for believing in us. We really, <laughs> we really appreciate you and, and all the, the work you've done and the, and the dedication and the years of just never straying from your feelings. And they look at you and they just fucking give you the finger. And then we just, or, or whatever they have. And we just fucking, I jump on a fucking flying spaceship and it's just double guns to everybody. And you'll never see me again. <laughs> <laughs> um, really quick. I tagged yeah. you in a thing on Instagram. Those fucking Frank red hot goldfish. Dude. Holy shit. We need to find those. I don't know where to find them. I'm assuming it, they said the, the post that I saw was for an ad for a new type of goldfish, a Frank's red hot goldfish. It seems to be in the vein of like limited run, um, limited availability. I'm going to keep my eyes open, but I would love for that to be the first snack that we uh, get back on the radio and, and, and eat and discuss. Uh, I am ordering some right now. If I can get this link to work, you found a link. Uh, I, I'm, I, uh, 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 oh, I thought I did. They're just goldfish teams out how to win a free bag. Okay. See, yeah. So it's pretty, it's, I think it's relatively in the early stages. Mm. Um, it, the po they, they just released or made the announcement today. Um, if you're wondering, yes, I do follow goldfish on social media. That's how much I care about my snacks. Um, you know, but yes, it, it, dude. Woo! We gotta hey, try them, dude. Uh, I say caring about the goldfish snack is something I, I can support wholeheartedly. I I did see something when I was looking at trying to win us a free a free box, but it says Pepsi Blue is coming back in May for the first time since 2000. Because who fucking cares? Dude, I I mean I get it. Dudes your age are now old enough to be like oh, I'm sad for when I was 13, but Pepsi Blue fucking sucked, man. It, they do bring good. back some weird stuff for sure. Oh. But um, but yeah, I'm gonna keep my eyes peeled on that, and hopefully we'll get to do that. Um, thank you, buddy, for doing this. I appreciate it. Um, it's a weird one, but uh, I, I, <laughs> there's not a lot of people that I could say, hey, you want to listen to me play audio and video and talk about aliens for 90 minutes? Most would be like, no, not never. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to grab somebody for this long, so I do appreciate it. Um, everybody, that, anybody that listened to this, I also appreciate it. But uh, thank you, bud. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure this out one day. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. Dress in black, remember that, just in case we have a fist
the face and make contact. The title held by me, MIB, means what you think you saw, you did not see. So don't blink, be what was dead is now going black suit with the black ray bands on. Walk a shadow, move a silence, guard against extraterrestrial violence. But yo, we ain't on no government list. We straight don't exist, no names and no fingerprints. Saw something strange, watch your back, cause you never quite know where the MIBs is at. Uh, and. Like into sight, tight camera zoom, on the impending doom. But then, like boom, black suits fill the room up with the quickness. Talk with the witnesses, hypnotize up, normalize up. Vivid memories turn to fantasies. Ain't no one my bees, can I please? Do what we say, that's the way we kick it. Yeah, you know I mean, let's see the noisy cricket get wicked on you. With your first, last, and only line of defense against the worst scum of the universe. So don't fear us, cheer us. If you ever get near us, don't jeer us. We're fearless, send my bees. Well, crap, show love to the black suit Cause that's the men in, that's the men in yeah. 